Hi, and welcome to Cause Pods. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here at Cause Pods, we have one simple mission to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes. Whether it's a nonprofit they work with, a charity they support, a social justice campaign they're championing, a medical condition they're battling, or someone who's just looking to make a positive impact on their local community, state, country, or the world. These are podcasters with a positive mission. Along with raising awareness for our guests' favorite cause, we're also going to see if we can raise some money to support their efforts. So make sure you check out the show notes for each episode at causepods.org to learn more about what they're doing and how to help them achieve their goals. Joining me today on the podcast from Fargo, North Dakota, his name is Rick Pallet. He is the host of Eat, Sleep, Hustle, and Repeat. This is a podcaster all about helping folks who have served some time to better their lives, avoid going back, and just make themselves better people all around. Fantastic project, fantastic concept, fantastic show, and we're excited to invite Rick here to talk about it today. The show is Eat, Sleep, Hustle, Repeat. Rick, thanks so much for joining us here on Cause Pods. Of course, Matthew. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to, to kind of dive in and get to know you and you get to know allow your, all your listeners to be able to get to know us and me and, and what we do. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, we're not going to find out much about me. I'm not that interesting. You're the person that's interesting today. Let's go right into it. How did you get connected with this F5 project and, and what led to launching the podcast with them? So I got connected with F5 this past March, so actually relatively short time. I heard about F5 Project through various social media campaigns and heard our founder speak at a couple of different conventions and things and got really excited about it. But for me, I get really excited about very simple things. You know, you give me a good hot dog and I'm just elated. So I'm like, you know, I don't want to get connected if this is just the new fad or the new craze or just something that just happens to be coming along. So I gave myself a couple months. I'm like, if I still feel passionate about helping people who are transitioning from prison and jail to a new place, then that would be something I'd look forward to doing and reach out to Adam. And that's what it was. This was March 5th or so. I had met with Adam and I told him that, hey, saw you, heard about your story, wanted to get connected. And he told me just show up kind of like okay show up and so every day before work i would just come in and come into their offices and kind of just hang out and just observe and see things and plug in wherever i could make copies clean up just different things i could volunteer to do and then he made room for me he's like well what do you want to do well i have operations background i've been in hospitality fields for 10 years and doing operational pieces there. And I really wanted to continue to stay that because that's where my strength is. But I really want to help you advance your vision that you have. And he's like, okay. He's like, all right, I'll make room. I'll, I'll make a position for you. And I was like, all right, sweet. <laughs> That'll work. And so, yeah, so my, uh, I think I officially started, say like April 28th of this year. So not a very long time, but it's been hit the ground running in all sense of the word. And it's been just an amazing ride so far. It it sounds like you are living the title of the show. You eat, sleep, and you hustle. I mean, that story alone. I mean, I remember when I was in school and looking at careers, and, and originally I had worked in radio and broadcasting, and everybody said all the people that made it, they showed up, they did the worst jobs possible. They basically proved to potential employers that they wanted to be there. That was the most important thing. All the other pieces of it, they could be taught. There are skills that you could be trained on, but... If you could show that you want to be there more than anybody else, at some point, 
you'll probably wind up getting the job that you want. So I think that that is just phenomenal that that's the way you got about it. So what was it about this project that drew you specifically? Where did you hear about Adam? Where did you hear about the cause? Why, after working in hospitality, did you decide this was the place for me? What kind of drew me to Adam and to the kind of F5 project, I guess, just a little bit more of transparency. I was a compulsive gambler. So I struggled, gambled for probably 10, 10 to 12 years or so. Up and down, as you can imagine, gambling, like all addictions and all illnesses, you just, you have your highs, you have your lows. So when I went into recovery, my date last gamble was December 26th of 17. And I finally went into recovery on, I believe it was January 8th. And it's been just an incredible, overwhelming ride in doing that. And I think when I heard about F5 and that they were helping people who were obviously were transitioning out of jail and prison, but more than that, were focused on their recovery and were focused on their employment and then focus on their residence, like where were they going to live and have a safe place to live? I thought, okay, this is something that's a lot more aligned with what where I've been, because I kind of felt like I was in my own prison of the mind type situation and not being able to find my way out. And luckily I did. And so when I found this organization that was doing that and was very transparent, um, our founder is a five-time felon. And he's like, could have had a really, really great job in the tech industry. and But just decided that, you know what, I need to do more. He was tired of seeing his friends get locked up or put in prison or dying from their own respective addictions. And so he wanted to make a difference. And so I felt that this was going to be my best way to not only help other people, but to support my own recovery and support my own story and help me to continue to stay in recovery and continue to, to do that by helping other people. You know, when I heard him share about being locked up and just some of the atrocities and some of the different things that kind of go on with that, I identified with that. I identified those lows. I identified uh, being in that place of, of really needing to not see any way out. Literally, like being in a box. His was a physical box. Mine was kind of a little bit more of a mental one and just being dire, just <laughs> having nothing, just literally giving every single piece of money I had to what I thought would help me get better or what would give me fulfillment or all the other different things that I was looking to get. And so F5 or Adam Martin and uh, and F5 were able to kind of help me see that there is a, a difference. And so I was like, well, if I can share my story and be able to talk to people about it and be able to tell them in, in the grips of whatever their addiction or mental illness might be, that they can make a difference and they can make a change, then I was all about it. And so we've grown, I think I was the number 12th employee. It's only been around two and a half years. It was founded December of 2016. So it's only been around two and a half years. So a very short period of time. But even in that time, we've done so much and have helped so many different people here in North Dakota. We're serving in six of the eight regions of North Dakota. And there's a lot of people we aim to help. But I think probably the, the biggest difference for us is that Almost everyone has some sort of recovery story. Everyone identifies with some sort of mental health disorder or, like me, some sort of addiction. And having that story of trouble, having that story of hurt and pain and, and illness and walking in it in the, in the change has been very beneficial for us. Well, I want to say congratulations. What you have done to deal with your addiction, like you said, all addiction can be crippling. 
and can be have a major impact on a person's life. And it takes a lot of hard work and dedication and it is no addiction is easy to overcome. So congratulations on everything you've done to to move past that and to put yourself in the place that you're in today. It sounds like you're doing some incredible steps. So as part of this project now, you launch a podcast. How did that come about? Like what, where was that discussion? Did somebody say we need one? Did you just sort of grab the, you know, the horse by the reins and be like, no, 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 I think we need one. I'm doing this. Let's go. <laughs> sure. Before I started, Adam kind of had a, you know, every once in a while, they were kind of just do these like updates and he would like either go on YouTube or just kind of have some different things to be able to just tell the people what's going on. We have a huge social media presence and, and that's kind of how we interact with people and engage with customers and clients and just people who are interested and more curious about what F5 is. And so for me, when I came on board and I saw that we were lightly dabbling in a podcast, for me, it was like, all right, no, we got to make this a weekly thing. We need to be online on a, on a microphone. We need to be talking about a wide variety of topics and just kind of having that weekly engagement. For me, I listen to podcasts. I listen to music every day. I'm always just out listening for different pieces. And so I know how much engagement and how much I learn from listening to people and to listening to stories, whether it be fiction or nonfiction. And so I was like, you know, this is going to be a really interesting way for us to hopefully reach reach people who, who maybe just want to take us with them. If you're on a road trip, you can push play and spend about a half hour to 45 minutes is typically about our shows. And I think one of the interesting things that we kind of started with and that we're continuing to do is to be able to give a platform to people who are a part of the criminal justice reform and social justice reform platforms like we are in other different areas and being able to give them a place to come on our show, come on our show, talk to us about how they're disrupting and disrupting the system and making changes that way. And it's been awesome to really be able to talk to some really cool people and from there, connecting with more people. And then we're like, all right, sweet. We've got all these guests and different ones that, that are interested. And it's like, cool. This was just, I just wanted to make sure I did this every week to keep it going. Because that's how you build a following is, is consistency. Whether Hopefully you're talking a good message and <laughs> you're saying something that people want to hear. But even if you're not, as long as you're consistent, that fan base will grow and, and will, be, uh, will be steady. So that's kind of what I was looking to do. So what's been one of the most inspiring stories or one of the most inspiring results that has come about from the podcast itself and the work that you're doing over there? I think one of the most overwhelming and one of the most fulfilling pieces, as I kind of mentioned, was I got a chance to speak with a gentleman by the name of Marcus Bullock, and he owns a company called FlickShop. And what FlickShop does is they allow people to kind of think of it like Instagram for print in a way, but specifically for people who are incarcerated. And so his company, you go online, you're able to order a postcard that can be sent to anyone, pretty sure in every jail and prison across the nation. And they format it, they put everything compliant and how it should be and being able to communicate with an inmate and being able to talk with him. And I think it really, for me, has been really inspiring because it helped me understand and realize just how important communication is because you hear it we talk about it on a variety of different places and people will say oh communication is key and that's how you build relationships and that's how that things get done by communicating just how vital 
of communication can be, especially to someone who is in a position like that. For us, we have the freedom of the internet. We have email, we have cell phones. We can be connected to literally anyone in the world. But when you're in that particular position, as the real life of the world is just going by and passing you by, so much is happening. It's a disconnect. And being able to keep communication with them and letting them know, hey, this is what's happening outside. And and when you come home, because for the most part, at least in North Dakota, we only have two people that are serving life sentences here in North Dakota. Everyone else that's in a jail or prison will be coming home at some point. And so being able to help give them a little bit of hope to know that this is what you're coming home to kind of helps them get acclimated, kind of helps them uh, know that 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 this is what they might be coming home to. And for us, this is a part of our fight to, to lower recidivism. Be able to say, hey, we don't want you going back. And we're going to be able to put the steps in place to help you do that. And, and the podcast for us has been a way for us to share some of those stories, talk about some of the successes. But something unique for us is we talk about the failures too. We talk about the the things that aren't pleasant, that are easy <laughs> to say, even talking about my story of, of being a compulsive gambler, that's not easy. Matt, we've never met, you know, but, but yet being able to, to share that with you just helps me get a little bit stronger each day. And so being able to talk about those failures that we have too, um, because we know not everyone is just living the most successful life. Failure is a part of life too. And so being able to talk about those things on the show and not only talk about the failure, but talk about the success of how we're overcoming those failures or how we're still in the process. Because sometimes some of the failures that we're still working through and still kind of overcoming. So I think using that avenue, using the podcast to be able to share that with complete strangers and at least being able to give them hope. It's really what our message we always try to do every show is just give a little bit of positivity, a little bit of hope to just get you just a little bit farther along. Because we feel with time, whatever situation you're in right now, whatever point in your life, with time, it's going to be different. It may be better, but it may be worse, but it will be different. So if we can just give them a little bit more hope to just see it through, to see where the next step might be, we call that a success. We call that a win. That's beautiful and incredible. And and yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about what you said there about communication, and I guess it is important. No arguments. No one can deny that. But I think no one appreciates and no one really realizes how important it is until it's taken away from you. And like you said, these folks who are serving time and you don't appreciate that they are cut off from so many aspects. I mean, it's their friends, it's their family, it's information, it's the outside world. And this isn't a judgment about whether or not they should or shouldn't be, but the fact is that it is a big deal and it is something that can be difficult. So it's great to see somebody creating a way for them to communicate and for you guys to be giving them a platform to share their message, I think is just incredible. So when you took over this project, what were some of the big challenges that you were facing and what did you learn, you know, jumping into this that helped you to shift the direction and, and get it to where it is today? I think one of the biggest challenges that we have as an agency within recovery, being able to kind of be mindful of of stigma, be mindful of we understand what we do and we understand who we work with and kind of educating people on what it is we do. 
Um, we provide employment, uh, we help with employment, we help with transportation, and we help with housing. So we have eight different residences and properties in North Dakota, or excuse me, seven in North Dakota and one in Minnesota that we are able to help our participants and people who are transitioning from prison or jail or from a halfway house into our residences. And we have some people who don't, haven't been through the system or through that particular system, but just who identify who just need a little bit more particular care. And so I think one of the struggles have just been, it kind of came out like F5 houses murderers. And it's like, no, that's not the case. And obviously for privacy, we can't talk specifically of what people are doing, but they just need a chance. They just need an opportunity for help. And our residences, our participants within our residences are amazing men and women who just need a little bit of help, just need a little bit of a boost, a little bit of a chance for trust and independence and make great neighbors. We shovel our driveway and we shovel other people's driveway. We mow our lawns and we mow other folks' lawns because we get it. You know, we understand that. So I think a part of that is just trying to erase that stigma. Another personal challenge that I kind of had was being in charge of my role as operations manager. It's kind of in charge of the operations for F5. So a lot of what we do is very custom and it's very individualized for the person we're working with. Sometimes that's difficult because everything is so custom and so individualized for what the needs might be. It's difficult to always have the same process because the key you have process is you're able to document, you know, who you're working with, being, you know, being able to get those proper demographics and being able to track where we are and then respective stages for those we help. So a lot of kind of what what I've been able to do and working with is being able to build those processes and build those forms and be able to kind of create a way to still provide custom care for this particular individual. We have some different metrics and things that we would like for them to do that we've established that are part of the recovery journey and part of the reunification and joining into society. But what it is that you want? What, what do you want to do? What do you want to see? Whether it be reunited with your kids, whether you want to go home, whether you want to move, whether it's a particular career field that you want to try to get into, and really trying to analyze those different pieces to add on to what it is that we need to do, and then making sure that we're able to do both. And spending that time, some need a lot more help, and others are pretty independent and, and don't need too much. So then it's just recognizing, okay, what do we need to do? How much do we need to do it? How much is it going to cost? And being able to do that. And I think because we have such an individualized approach, it doesn't always work. And so I think for us, we have some amazing, amazing donors who see the vision and help fund the vision and continue to help push us forward. And so we're always just trying to make sure that we're just continuing to do that, being able to continue to be successful and continue to keep that same approach that's working. And then hopefully being able to scale it and grow it slowly, but just in a way knowing that there's a lot more people who need help and making sure that we're ready to help more people. So normally this is the point where I would ask you for other people who are starting a podcast, what advice would you give? But I think you just gave some incredible advice that everybody should take to heart. The more serious you take this and the more organized you are, the better your chance for success is going to be. And I agree with that more. So I'll, I'll revise my question and say, for anybody who's thinking about it, who's on the sidelines, who's like, yeah, we've got this cause, will the podcast help? What would be your sort of inspiration to them? How would you motivate them to get up off the sidelines and just do it? I think one thing that my sponsor kind of told me 
and that I think can apply for this particular situation. He said that unity doesn't necessarily mean uniformity. It doesn't have to be the same. When we're in our journeys, however we identify or whatever our addiction or illness or whatever they might be, how we either got there and how we're going to continue to work through that is going to be different. I think when we started the podcast or when I was trying to, to get this going, I looked up a couple of other podcasts or just like, oh, what are other people doing? And there's a lot of people who have recovery podcasts <laughs> who talk about recovery and, and who kind of do what we do. And so it was at first it was a little disheartening, to be honest. It was like, wow, there's a lot of people here who do this already. How are we going to be different? Are we going to help anybody? And so I think if there's anyone on the sidelines or kind of either feeling that same way or just haven't quite taken that leap, I think the the biggest challenge that I would issue to them more than just advice, I'd say just come on out. The water's fine. Just do it. Just making sure that they're prepared, kind of having your talking points, have the things you want to address and kind of talk about each show. The most key thing is try to be as regular as you can, because as you're building that base or as you're telling a story or sharing a message, whatever that might be, just kind of keeping that consistency, I think, is the key, which will help be that success. And again, it looks different from everyone. And all of us in a recovery space who have recovery podcasts, a lot of the messaging, a lot of things that we say probably are the same, but we give a different perspective. We give a different idea and we're still unified in that and we're still helping people with that. And so whatever cause that someone might have might be thousands of those same causes, but this is a way to really get your name out there and really be able to kind of share in a really unique way when you're, we kind of talk about communication. It's like, you know, when we're writing a Facebook status, we're putting a picture and or maybe caption on Instagram. That's kind of sharing something, but we can say more in the same amount of time on a podcast than we ever could. Like if we transcribed our entire conversation that no one would read that. <laughs> no one would sit there and probably actually like read all the way through. And even if we had a really sweet picture attached to it, but they're going to listen to it. And so I think that's the main thing for anyone who, who's like, man, I, I really want to do it. Will anybody listen? Yes. Yes. Believe me, they will listen. And if they don't, my email is ricky at fiveproject.org. Email me and then we'll, we'll figure out how to, how to make a change. <laughs> All right. You heard it there first. So it's ricky at fiveproject.org. That's the letter F, the number five, project.org. Of course, we will have a link to... Well, we'll have the website. I know you guys are talking about revamping and working on it, but we'll include a link to the website just so you can get a sense of what they're doing. We'll include a link to their Facebook where they're more up to date on what's going on. We'll throw in his email address so that if you do want to reach out to him, you can. And of course, we will put a link up to the show, Eat, Sleep, Hustle, Repeat. We've been chatting with Ricky Palais. He is the host of Eat, Sleep, Hustle, Repeat podcast. And he is a part of the F5 project. You guys are doing some amazing, amazing work with big ambitions and altruistic goals. And we are delighted to highlight and help you out. And as a reminder, everyone, we will throw a, a donation link on the site to support the F5 project. So if you if you believe in the cause uh, and you want to give them any support, we invite you to do so. Ricky, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you here on Call Spots today. Thank you, Matt, so much for having me. This was amazing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause Pods. Again, if you've been inspired by the work of our guests, please check out the show notes in your podcast app or at causepods.org. There you will find links to their work and a special donation link to support their favorite efforts. From there, you can also follow and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. 
And remember, if you have a cause pod and want to join me for an interview, please check out causepods.org and fill out the interview request form. If approved, we'll schedule you for a chat and share the amazing work you're doing with the CausePod audience. Thanks again, and see you next time on CausePods. Pods.